hang on just one second. Third, fourth, or fifth floor is fine. Sixth floor is unacceptable. Seventh floor is a uh, backup. No, backup number three. Okay. Away from the elevator, no feathers. Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. <laughs> good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good, good, oh, excuse me. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Hmm. You want to button this up? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it's nice to hear your voice. I'm I miss back. You. Yeah, I miss you too. You look good today. You look really good. I, you know, I, uh, I did something unusual. What? Get a trim. Just, just a trim. What part of you? Mm. <laughs> Muzzle top. <laughs> I, um, I went to Judy and, uh, Judy, Dame Judy Dench, I think. <laughs> that's right. Dame Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my hair. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It's Moonlighting. <laughs> if you're going to get your hair cut, it really should be by a dame. That's from South Pacific. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, so I went to Judy and, and using my usual combination of hand gestures and speaking loudly, because mm-hmm. apparently that's how I think I can communicate better. <laughs> right. I, I said, yes, she, wait, wait, wait. Or is the implication that she, English is not her primary or first language? Let's put, it, let's put it this way. Her English is 100 times better than my Cantonese. Oh. I think when people say, how's their English? What you should say is, like, how's your Spanish? You right. know? She does way better. I, I know how to say, uh, I know how to not say a couple things in Cantonese. I always get it wrong. I, it's Happy New Year. I say Chow Young Fat, which makes people mad. <laughs> right. That's not. So yeah. is it, are well, you sure on. that it's Cantonese or maybe is it Mandarin? You can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. If you're I'm not, not gonna, a native. Yes. In my neighborhood, there's a lot of both. People speaking both. A lot of both. Where and, do yeah. you live? Yeah, I can't, I can't really say. You wouldn't even say to me, like, you. here's, let me just tell a little story of when we were walking around in, in downtown uh, San Francisco, and I guess it was the financial district, is that correct? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. why not? And we're walking around there, and there's a map that shows, I guess you would say, the greater San Francisco <laughs> area. And yeah, the places, the places where people go in San Francisco. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like any kind of map, you make decisions about what's going to be on there. There's no need to show, you know, more than one body of water. You don't need to show every building. It's a compressed idea of what San Francisco looks like to someone, right? And as we're we're walking there, uh, we're walking around, and you had had mentioned it took you, it cost $317, and it took you two and a half hours to get from your house, which was a few miles away, to where I was in by the yeah, WWDC. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just to clarify, that's $317 American after you <laughs> right. changed your outer sunset currency and gotten two connecting flights. Right. Please continue. <laughs> and, 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 and so you walk over, and as if you can imagine, we're walking down the street, and there are these, uh, would you call it, it's not really a pavilion, it's more like a pillar. I would call it a kiosk. Uh, kiosk. Kiosk to me implies interactivity, but it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, well, I mean, you can hit it and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it has a map on it. So I guess if you're walking down the street to San Francisco, you, you want to see where you are and where you're going. You could look at this map. And Merlin walks up to the map and then he takes two large steps over and points into the air and says, this is where my house is. <laughs> Just right. to give me a general concept of where it was. There be dragons. So that's the closest I've got to visiting with you and your family. Oh God, that's so smart, Dan. I, I'm still, I'm still on a cloud. I, I, uh, I had such a good time hanging out with you. It was really nice. Um, and the way you yeah. slip out of a room is award worthy. They call it the French exit. Yeah, the only person who does it better than you is Scott Simpson, who can who can leave a city the way you leave a room. Yeah, that's a complicated topic, but um, amongst the people who have spent time with Scott, they know that he is a very stealthy figure. He's a little gawky. 
Uh, it's a very small torso, but he moves out of a room. He moves out of a neighborhood. You don't even realize he's like the shadow or something. He's just gone. He, he might be teleporting. He might be uh, bamfing out for a cigarette, although he doesn't smoke. No. But you, <laughs> and what, so, what'll happen is you'll be there. Yeah. You'll be there and, and, and like people will be talking to you. Hundreds of people. You'll be in a conversation and you'll look over and then all of a sudden Scott is right there. And I'll say, I didn't know you were going to be at this again. You know, wanted to swing by. I'm like, well, it's 800 miles away from where you live. Yeah, I mean, I thought it'd be worth coming out for. And then like, well, maybe we can grab dinner lady. He's like, yeah, I'm not sure. And then the next day he's gone. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, inspirational. Uh, I, I, um, I, I used to have a problem with leaving things, oh. leaving places. Oh, like saying your goodbyes. Yeah. And getting and I out have, of there. I've been in former relationships with people who found this extremely frustrating because I'm like, I'm Johnny party guy, right? I'm going to hang out. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do, do things you do at a party. And, uh, I'm, and then, uh, the person in my life would say, okay, we said we're going to stay here for two and a half hours and now we need to go. And I go, okay, great. Let me just say goodbye to everybody. And I, I'd go through the room like, uh, I don't know, like, like, like I'm freaking Bruce Willis or something. And like, it's <laughs> a good example. I play the harmonica. I know that was the first thing I thought of myself was Bruce shave Willis. Shave my head, play the harmonica. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta go now. <laughs> and so I <laughs> would go through the room and, uh, you know, nominally to, to say goodbye, but then I would get involved in a long conversation. I'd go into some kind of, be start, start monologuing. Mm-hmm. And the person who uh, is no longer in my life would say, you know, we said we were going to go. And I'm like, ah, we're going. I'm just saying goodbye. i got to say goodbye to the hostess. And uh, I'm <laughs> moseying around the room. So anyway, the point being, I, I, it's a known issue, as John Syracuse says. I, I, uh, and so I've tried <laughs> yes, to work he on does say he does say that. Yes. And I am, I am fortunate. I am blessed. I am, I am literally blessed to uh, sometimes encounter people who, who would like to, to visit with me. And, I, and I, I like to visit with people. But then at a certain point, um, I, I realize that uh, I, I may be, uh, after a certain tipping point, as Malcolm Gladwell would say, I, I, I realize that I need to go. And, and I get a little bit introverted. And I get not precisely claustrophobic, but I definitely feel the urge to run. You get, you get the crazy eye, they call it. Is that what they call it? Yes. Is that Canadian? Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I will, I will kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> and then phew, I'm gone. I'm out the door. Right. I'm, run, I'm running the other way. Because you know the thing is, when you say it's, it's not an awful thing to do with the French exit, but but you know when you, if you get into saying goodbye to everybody, that's when you start making commitments. That that's when you start you know hugging, mm-hmm. and you know you can only hug so many people unless it's for charity. And I, uh, I, I like a hug, but, you know, sometimes, especially if it's gotten late, I, I need to get home. And I, I don't feel great about it. That, that one place we went to, I didn't even realize how many more people I wanted to meet there. But, you know, I was by, you saw where I was standing. I was 10 You're or 15 feet from the door the 10 entire 10 or 15? Try yeah. two. I'm like Malcolm X, right? I yeah. got to know where the door is. I always get a seat where I can see the door. Also, yeah. Alex Haley uh, uh, ghost wrote my uh, autobiography. And so, uh, you know, uh, it was nice to see you, though. You're, it was very nice to see you. Oh God, you're so handsome. You really, really, I don't want to say people would be surprised. They would be unsurprised to, to meet you because they would go, you're exactly as handsome as I thought, <laughs> which is all of the handsome. Wow. You're like a big basket of handsome. Uh-huh. So uh, what were we talking about? To you. <laughs> I'm all set for the show. See, I'm prepared now. 
You, I, you know what? You know what I like. I like the ones where you uh, where you prepare and you read things off of cards. Oh, I need to sleep. Remember when you used to talk into your shoe? I do remember that. Wait, that was you. Uh, which one am I? So anyway, was that really a uh, shoe? Was it a shoe you were wearing? And then there were a whole bunch of others where I couldn't tell what you were holding. I think was it in, a wallet? I think it became a wallet at some. Talking point. about that site I accidentally deleted called uh, that phone guy, and I would talk into my wallet. Except on one occasion, but these I videos talk- are still up on. Uh, is it Vimeo that Vimeo, you have? Oh yeah, mostly Vimeo. But I, I talked into a uh, you know the kind of jukebox you buy if you have a construction site. It's like hexagonal in nature and can handle shock. It was about 40 feet long and about, uh, about 130 feet in diameter. And I acted like that was a large feature phone. Mm-hmm. So one time I talked into a boombox, <laughs> which was pretty funny. They called it a ghetto, ghetto blaster, I think. It's oh, that's, a, that's super duper ping pong. Mm. My goodness, Dan. You just lost a handsome point. Mm. 129 videos up there. Of what? Of, I guess, you. Oh, I'll yeah. I'll tell you when I started really getting into you. Like do you really a, want to do that? Do mm-hmm. you really want? Okay. No, not all the way back. Not all the way back. But okay. it was during the time period where you were doing these videos and you had the, uh, it was just you in front of the like white background and you had the hat on. I think this is like a three year ago time. Yeah. Here's oh, one yeah, of them. The, the, the most days thing where I would, yes. uh, where I would talk for a few minutes. Yes. Though I huh. really, yeah, I started to really dig you then. That's when the crush started. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hmm. knew who you were before, and I was a fan yes. before that. Of course. But... Huh. You know, I'm thinking of... Uh, I got a cold sore yeah, right most now, days. I, here they are. Found yeah, it. I haven't gotten enough rest. So I got a cold sore right now. But when that goes away, I'm going to uh, probably uh, reinvigorate that. I could put a bandage this on it. This is like four years ago, some of these. Listen, can I play one of them? Um, I, I guess. All right, let's, just, let's have a, a listen. Bit, just a tip. Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm Merlin, and uh, I am making a video most days. And uh, today is... Thursday, uh, it's rainy outside. It's rainy, and it's uh, a very comfortable 69.1 uh, degrees. I'm in my office. It's like hours. Uh, of this. It's very noisy outside. Uh, the trains. I don't know if the, the the moisture, you know, makes the trains run differently. Uh, but uh, it's. I think that's loud. probably enough to give yeah, people. the I, I loved it. I used to watch these. I'd have these things several times a day. I'd watch these. They were but inspirational. It was, you know, it was an opportunity. No, it was really you. cool. I mean, I know I you think I'm, I'm. You know, I know you think I'm pranking you, but I'm not. I really liked these. I thought they were really, really cool, and I felt after watching them like that it, it humanized you from this demigod to yes. like a guy that I felt like I could be friends with. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I know this sounds like a joke. I no. got to tell you, 2009, no, <laughs> 2009. Yeah. Well, you know, the sign of a good demigod is knowing when to take him or herself down a peg. And I, th- I think if you show up unshaven with tall hair and uh, talk about YouTube videos and um, whatever else I talked about. What but was, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun exercise. I'd like to do it again. I'm working on, you know what it is? It's a workflow issue. This uh-huh. is super interesting. We should bring this back as a five by five property. Five okay. by five presents most days featuring former demigod. Uh, and former Merlin Man, Merlin Man. Anyway, you think this is what people tune in for? This is part. This is the part of the show where we get warmed up. Did you see my? Uh, see that check? I saw the check. invoice. I don't know what you mean. Mm. <clears throat> Did you see that uh, the check I got? Oh, from the one from the uh, the folks over at uh, the California Superior Court of Superior uh, San Court. Francisco, yeah. city, and was, city and state. Was it? Okay. Was it for eighty seven dollars or something? Was that correct? Well, it was was $87.50. That includes mileage. Oh, my God. That seems, to me, that would provoke a lawsuit from me. (laughs) It was was a nice gesture. Yeah. It was a really nice gesture. 
Uh, this is this is officially this is the right. If you're looking at the books, this is the right bookmark of the jury duty discussion. We're done. But I thought it was a nice epilogue. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that was my phone. I thought that was a nice epilogue uh, to 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 the event because I had I had guesstimated using using the solver, as you say, that it would be probably around two hundred bucks. Which ha ha ha, that's that's great for for eight days of my time. That's you know, pretty good dough. Um, and then it was for about half of that. So I figure I should deposit it. You know, you, only, you got 90 days with a check like that. Check like that. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't need, you don't, don't spend all, all that. All yeah. So that was good. That's nice closure. Um, what else is going on? What do you, what do you, uh, what have you been up to? Ah, uh, God, it's just, you know, still catching up from, from being out there for a week. And it seems like that wouldn't be that much, but you know, then you get back and then there's this holiday thing that happens tomorrow. Holidays. Am I right? <sighs> Man, it's like they are. Uh, can I just also say in passing, I think it's very frustrating when people call it the 4th of July. It's not the 4th of July. It's independence day. That's like calling Christmas the 25th of December. Why is it bad to call it the 4th of July? I mean, that's what everyone calls it, but that's like saying library. You know, or of February. It's not. It's not accurate. So, um, anyway, I, I don't have any plans. You know, I don't have any plans. I'll probably uh, probably spend uh, some time with with my family, which is which uh, is germane. It's pro- has probative value, as they say, uh, to our top topic, potential topic. But I, I totally agree with you. We talked about this a little bit um, last week, and I mentioned it, I guess, the week before that. I, I hate how unresilient I have become. I don't know if I was ever, I feel like I was more resilient. You know what I mean? I feel like I bounced back. You know, they, they say, it is said, they say uh, that if you have a long relationship with somebody and you break up, uh, there's like this, I think it takes half the amount of time that you were in the relationship to recover. Turns out something like that. And that's how, that's how I feel now. I feel like it used to be that like if anything happened to me, all I would, would need is like a day and a half to recover from almost anything. And now I feel like it takes me longer to recover from something than the event. So you take a WWDC, you were out here for what? Almost a week, probably? Yeah, about a week. I think maybe five nights. That's four months for me. That's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how fast you move. It's larger than a quarter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like yeah. one of these shows to me feels like, you know, 60, 90 minutes to you. You've spent a full day doing the show. Oh. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I do stuff. I've been here for hours, uh, you know, doing stuff for the show. You wouldn't know it, but I, but, but I am. I'm doing my stretches. Nice. I do my uh, audio kegels. <laughs> what, is and, the, what was that? Uh, oh, sorry. That was just a couple auxiliary audio kegels. I like to shave before the show. Oh, no, don't, 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 no, 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 oh, no, God, no, 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 got 90% God, no. charge. Don't, that screen's, that screen's like, Why do you even? Oh. You've never wanted to shave at your desk? You don't ever just want to do a little bit of ad hoc grooming while you're at your desk? You don't do any grooming at your desk at all. Dan? I lost Dan again. No, I'm okay. literally, it makes me nauseous. Like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> this is interesting. I never realized there's an icon of a shower on the back. You don't see that every day. Panasonic. I should have gotten the Braun. Was it the, uh, the Braun e- E232? Was it the E-Series Braun I should have gotten? The 7 Series. Braun 7 Series is the correct. correct. 7 Series, 7 1 Series, whatever it takes. But uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's nice to just know that it's here. Okay. So uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> that, there was no contact there. That was just... Uh, I know, but it could have been close. It could have been really close. Kegels. So 
Uh, yeah, I've prepared show notes. Uh, I, I've written things down. I, I love it I, when you prepare thoroughly for a show and then you have a, your closing. It's like a Jerry Springer closing statement. I forgot about that. Yeah, that he, was a highlight. You know, Horton Downey Jr. did the same thing. He would come out and have some remarks. And before he did Iron Man, you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I think I, hmm. I think he's thinking of Pepper Pratt. Hmm. Pepper Pratt. I do, I do like Pepper Potts. She does something to cutoffs that's very special oh you're talking about uh now i just saw the avengers by the way oh please don't talk about it if you're gonna say something mean no i loved we, it we, we watch it once a week i loved we, it and and uh i brought it brought it home to cash and he loves it and even little mj uh who this is the funny thing she M- watched it wasn't she terrified she loves it and she, she wasn't scared by the big uh, no spoilers but she wasn't scared by the big no robot snake no and <gasps> she uh she loves I mean, her favorite is Iron Man, and it goes back and forth. The Hulk to her is, I think, a little intimidating. So there is a <laughs> there is a full size, life size version of the Hulk here at our Austin Books and Comics. You send me a photo from ABC. You got Cash standing right in front okay, of. Uh, so Hulk I showed here. this to her, and she sees Cash in front of it, standing in front of it, and she sees that it's the Hulk, and. We happen to have the Avengers on right then. And so she's looking at the TV and she's looking at this picture on my phone and she's looking over at Cash and looks at the, me and, and then like did this like five times. She's like TV, picture, Cash, me, TV, picture. And she had her mouth was just open like she was really processing this. And then the, the whole rest of the day, she would just say, Hulk, Hulk. <laughs> Because Chubby she couldn't baby. believe that she he had met the Hulk, it, you know, and because it's a non motion photo, right? It, it it really does look like he is in the parlance uh, of our times, yeah, Hulk, hulking out. He was. Well, I told him. I said, "Hulk out." <laughs> I said, "Hulk out as best as you can." Well, you, they both they both look terrific. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that movie's really good and really um, good. I, yeah, I I um, I'm I'm into. I'm into Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark a little more than I should be, though. Oh, my God. It's, to me, of, of all of the actors, excuse me, Clayton! of all of the actors <laughs> in, the, uh, in the Marvel properties, I don't think there is anybody who's redefined. Some people will say Nick Fury, and I know you love no. Nick Fury. No. But I don't think anybody has def- redefined a character with, like Robert Downey has with Iron Man. I think a close second is Patrick Stewart as Professor X. He sounds like a child molester in the early 90s cartoon. Uh-oh, Rogue, you and Gambit. Uh. He sounds super creepy. Mon cher. God, I hate Gambit. But uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. I mean, that sounds like he something is. from a poster. No, he but is. But he's perfect. And the scene, like, no spoilers, but the scene when Loki comes in, he's figured out. He's figured out Loki. He realizes, to understand Loki, he has to realize. Well, my reading of this is that how much Loki and he are similar. Because they both need to be seen like doing stuff right. in public. That's right. the only way they're going to get at Loki. And when he <clears throat> he's cracking wise with Loki, mm-hmm. we got a Hulk. Oh yep. my god! Yep. There's so many things. So in that many movie. good scenes in that movie. And when and when finally he says, "That's my secret. I'm always angry." And then he he, he there's one scene where the Hulk like bounces off the thing and, and and he grabs the building and tears the bricks off the side of the building because mm-hmm. he's grabbing. Wonderful effect. Did you stay to the end after the credits? Yes, that's that's one of my favorite uh, favorite little you know special surprise endings. I love that. That was they a do very, that in lots of them. You know, at the end of Captain America, you see I haven't the, seen it. Da, 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 da. I was going to say it's a scene that you'll see. I haven't in seen it though. No. So, but uh, the, anyway, I haven't very, seen it. So. Very, 
at the very end, right before the fade out, Thor takes a bite of his shawarma and a little bit falls out. It makes me laugh every time. It humanizes him like any demigod. Well, here's the other thing. This is I don't get about Thor. I have You know, remember when we first started talking about comics and you were asking me all about Wolverine and his skeleton and his healing factor and all that stuff. I don't get Thor can't. It doesn't seem like Thor can really be hurt. Like Loki was able to stab him with that little pocket knife. But it doesn't seem talking like about the staff with the Tesseract thingy. No, no. He had a little tiny pocket knife. And when they were in close combat, he's no spoilers, but he stabs him. Remember that part? I think so. And, you know, you can tell Thor is, is hurting. It hurt for a few minutes. No, and, no. I mean, he's also hurting. He's hurting internally. He doesn't oh, yeah. understand why Loki's being such a tool bag. Right. Okay. So anyway, he stabs him. And you're saying. I'm saying, saying but in general, it doesn't seem like Thor is, is hurt that much. He fights against the Hulk and gets, you know, thrown through pretty much everything. And yeah. he's, he still keeps going. Doesn't seem to show many injuries. He is, it seems to be healed pretty quickly. He's a demigod. Here, so here's my question. Does he need to eat? What happens if he doesn't eat? I, I think he's probably like a, like a sophomore girl in college. I think it's mostly for, for recreation. And then maybe he brings it up. I don't know. But so I don't like, wait he, a minute. So, so you're saying that if, if hmm? because if he doesn't eat. I'm saying eat, Thor's bulimic. I'm saying he's probably bulimic. If he doesn't eat or drink, then, I mean, I think it'd be a toss up between eating and having to poop. Which one would make him more of a god? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying like, <clears throat> if you gave me the option that I, I, if I didn't have to eat or drink anything and I'd feel just fine and I wouldn't have to poop. There'd be a lot okay. of days I wouldn't eat anything. Okay. You're saying that's extra that time I don't need to spend, you know? Oh no, it's gotta it's gotta be uh second and third after sleeping in terms of giant waste of time. Mm-hmm. If you if you and if you knew that you could literally, as a god, not need to to poop and, and or and or eat. And let's be honest, they're heavily related. Hopefully yeah. just the one way. But you know, unless you're from Germany. But you know, he's the Nordic Nordic god, so who can say it's probably he's Germanic in nature. Do you say Nordic or do you say Norse? Nordic. Nordic. I, yeah, it's like the Nordic track, right? Mm. I think that's what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. But I, that's a really good question because everybody else needs to rest a little bit. But here's the problem with Thor. I mean, the problem with, with several of the Avengers, we're not, we're gonna, you're going to get an email about this. But Thor is, is Thor, when Thor is well done, like Deadpool, when he's well written by the uh-huh. right people and well illustrated, you get a Simonson in there uh, doing, the, doing the art on, uh, and, and the writing too on... Um, you know, it's beta ray, the first beta ray bill stuff. Oh, beta ray I've, bill's I've good. Really, when he first, you know, like a lot of the guys, well, no spoilers, but but uh, but the thing with Thor, you're absolutely right, and I, I'm guessing that because Loki is also a kind of god, puny god, uh, he uh, he's able to stab him. But mm. here's the other thing, and I don't want to get your your friend Moises all worked up, but I think this is why they have magic. Well, don't worry, of, he doesn't listen to this show. So. Because 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 magic it, it, it is the all thing. Right, may, may I read may I read something to you that I've just found? Yes. This is from the Tome of All Knowledge, Wikipedia. Okay. Like all Asgardians, Thor is incredibly long-lived and relies upon periodic consumption of the golden apples of, I don't know if this is Edun or Idun. What? He eats golden apples? To sustain his extended lifespan, which to date has lasted many millennia. Yeah. Thor is physically the strongest of the Asgardians. If pressed in battle, Thor is capable of entering into a state known as the Warrior's Madness. Hmm which will temporarily increase his strength and stamina tenfold, although in this state he attacks friend and foe alike. Oh, I didn't know that. He possesses a very high resistance to physical injury that approaches invulnerability. He has the stamina, and he says he has the ability to travel through time. His stamina allowed him to battle the entire Frost Giant army for nine months without any sustenance or rest. So 
It can even generate uh, large portions of his body, including entire limbs or organs. It's like uh, like Easy Company. Wow, that's, right. that, that's remarkable. I, I had no idea. Well, here, you know, here's, here's, here's the thing. Have, have you ever read uh, Superman, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow? I have not. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say one thing about this. Go ahead, Cole. I'm going to say that, uh, boy, it's really good, and I cried a bunch of times. Um, it's a lot of, basically, in a nut, it's about sewing up a lot of loose ends from the Silver Age Superman so that they can reboot it, and, you know, and this is in the, this is like 1986. And it's, um, it's what's his name? The guy with the rings and the beard did it. And so, um, uh, Alan Moore, Alan Moore. And it's, it's a really, it's really good. It's really short, but all I'm going to say, I'm going to say one thing about this, which is that even the man of steel is extremely vulnerable to magic. Mm. And I think this is the thing. I think the thing is, it's a kind of magic that goes on with, with Thor. We're like the only way. I mean, the thing is, he's like this. He's like, like Superman and Kryptonite, right? You've got to have something that is the, as you say, uh, Achilles heel or, or more properly tendon. And so I think they, they have to come up with all these things. Now, here's, here's the other thing. Okay, so he, fight, he fights some frost giants. But the Hulk, he literally can't be metered. We, mm-hmm. don't, we, we don't have a way of knowing. How 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 completely uh, monkey balls this this fella can get? I mean, you have you did you, did you read? Uh, I forget. Did you read um, Planet Hulk and World War Hulk? Uh, Planet Hulk, not World War Hulk. Oh, World War Hulk. There's a lot of butt kicking. It's really fun. I need to read that one. <laughs> like, there, where's the army? Well, Hulk just beat the entire army. <laughs> anyway, it's really good. Um, we're a little off topic, probably, but uh, boy, uh, boy, how about how about the sexual tension at the end of that when uh, Hawkeye has his feet up on the chair next to uh, Scarlett Johansson's butt? Man, oh man. Yeah, I think you could be reading into it. But you know what I did too yeah, after I'd seeing this Avengers man. thing and hearing yeah. you blather on about. You know how great Hawkeye is. I sound like Captain America. <clears throat> I picked up this thing, Hawkeye, My Life is a Weapon, yeah. which Comic Book Resources declares one of the best and most interesting superhero books on stands. I, I think I don't want to hear what you think. I'm and really Comicvine.com says this is a series that needs to be read. Merlin Mann says Hawkeye is my favorite. So I picked this up, and what this is, this says My Life is a Weapon. Contains material originally presented in magazine form as Hawkeye 1 through 5 and Young Avengers number 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have this. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. I, I did this. I did this yeah. right here. Listen, listen. Yeah. That's good. Where I flipped through it, looked at the art, and I was pleased at the art, so I, that's why I picked it up. And I, okay. who, who does this? David Aha. I like this. Uh, uh-huh. it's, the same, it's the same team that did, uh, well, uh, so Fraction and Aha also did Immortal Iron Fist. I know what you're thinking, and yet it's really good. Mm. They did that with, I think, Brubaker also worked on that. But, okay, so you know what? Don't tell me about it unless you like it, because it'll be a rift. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a Reduction in Forces, RIF, hmm? R- Reduction in... That's right, Schwarzkopf. Okay. I think that means Whitehead, or possibly Blackhead. Ugh, is that Ping Pong? Let me check. Hang on. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listen, let me do a sponsor. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, we, we got these stacked up. I got oh my God, we have, that, we three. Dan can, I t- Dan, can I say one thing? Yes. Just one thing. Literally one thing. Mm-hmm. We have three really good sponsors this week. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this week. I'm, I'm literally shaving just for the sponsors. Oh, God. Don't. I, it'll really throw me off. <laughs> Tell me about something you like. <clears throat> All right. Let me pick one of these. <laughs> I, I really did. I threw you off. Yes. Oh, I think I found your kryptonite. I found your Thor heel. Oh my goodness, Dan. I think I just figured it out. No, I'm not going to do it. I put it away. 
This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com. And uh, to get that 10%, you're going to need to use a code. And the code is Little Knives. Little Knives. Little Knives. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Squarespace. I really want you guys to just go to squarespace.com because they have this amazing new uh, video. Actually, it's a video series. You can click the little button, uh, the little arrow on the right up at the uh, center right-hand side of the screen, and you can scroll through all the different videos that show how people, including comic book illustrators, I think, and, and lots of other folks are using Squarespace for a variety of different uh, purposes. And, uh, and, and it really is a great way to see what you can do uh, with Squarespace. You can also go, is it MerlinM.com? Yeah, yeah. My, that's, my, you know, uh, but that's a nice thing to see what, what somebody can whip up in a very simple, straightforward period of time. Someone who's very, who's very, who's very lazy and untalented can make something beautiful. They can have that one. It's uh, it's 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 really remarkable, and and you know, let's 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 do a quickie that goes to the point because I, I don't want to ramble on, but I, I will yeah. say this is yes, go and watch the the stories because you you will quickly get the sense that unlike uh, the CMS systems of your, you will not look at most Squarespace sites and go, oh, this is obviously a Squarespace site. I mean, the the what you can do. If you choose to go in and do stuff with custom CSS and so forth, you can you can come up with something that is unique, uh, really your own thing. And, and to me, this is this is the power of, of this system. Yes, if you are interested in power user features, you're going to find them. You're going to find the ability to go in and tweak all these layers and do all this crazy stuff. I think they still have that. They've had that developer mode. I, I've been always scared to touch it. But you can go in and do some pretty crazy stuff just with custom CSS. You can go in and set up a store. That's included, right? That that's included. No more responsive design worries, right? All that stuff that you as a nerd are sick of thinking about, it's all baked in, but here's the thing. If you're not that nerd and you're, you're scared to even go look at this stuff because it sounds so intimidating, don't worry. You will go in, you will hit a couple buttons, and you will literally have a website. You go in and it's just so easy to go in and set up. And if you want to trick it out later, you can. You want to change themes, you can. You want to mess with custom CSS, you can. But it's so easy to get into this and try it, and it's really a joy to use. Uh, don't you think? I mean, isn't that part of the value? Is if you if you will choose to stick with it and mm-hmm. use these, these features as you develop. Oh but yeah, be, part- and this is this is what's nice is it. It's not like you're you say, well, I think I want to do a blog, and you start doing the blog, and then you think to yourself, hmm, well, it'd be nice if I could put an image gallery. Oh, I got to buy that plugin for it, or I hope someone wrote a plugin that'll work for it. No, it's just there. You think, oh, you know what? My my uh, my website viewers keep asking to make my logo on a T-shirt. I wish there was a way to sell it. That's built in. Like all of the stuff that you could ever want to do is there. If you're a developer, well, I sure wish I could integrate with GitHub. Oh, that's there too. Like everything you can think of, it's already built into it. And, and they're continuing to update it, continuing but to I mean, innovate. They don't, they don't have calendars. You, you, you would have to go out and get a calendar plugin, right? Actually, that's also built in. Everything okay, is if built you wanted in. to have stuff from Facebook appear, you got to go out and get a Facebook plugin, right? No, that's built okay. in. Okay, and the commerce thing is definitely at least two or three plugins, right? Like if you want to have commerce on your site, if you want to do the fulfillment, you would have to go in and get HI, HI uh, 35, 55, 16 certified in order to have commerce on your site with the plugin. Is that correct? It's all right there, and you don't have to pay anything extra for any of it. And in fact, if you sign up for a year, you get, uh, what is it, a 20% discount and a free domain name? And mm-hmm. you add that to the little knives code, you're going to get 30% off. And a free we did it. Name. Dan and I did it when they when they first started uh, setting up Squarespace mm-hmm. uh, six. We went in. 
It took me like four minutes to set up a website, including getting my own domain. And I think it took you like three minutes. It was it, anyway, it's, it's bananas. Very it helps us a lot for you for, uh, when you folks go and check this stuff out, but it's going to help you too. And when you go in and put in that code, little knives, um, you're going to experience a, a lifetime of, of a double plus uh, special joy because of our friends at Squarespace. Squarespace network now we're, Dan, are we leaving off the slash back to work? Now it's just, you just go to literally. Go yeah, to they just want, because I think they're, they're trying to pimp out that amazing video that's out there. So mm, it's worth pimping. So squarespace.com. And remember if you use that code, uh, that is literally unique to, uh, uh our back to work listeners, little knives, like the little ones that Dan puts into me, little knives. Uh, when you do your checkout, uh, that's called an offer code. And, uh, I think enough said. Our, our thanks to Squarespace.com for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. <sighs> I got a whole, my, bunch um, of, a whole bunch of sound bites for yeah. you from, uh, from the Aviator. You, you want to you drop a couple? Oh, I want to get this done right to show me all the blueprints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Some of them are really, really, you can just sit back and listen to them. Do you want to just give me a few in succession? Right. I mean, do you want to have them sure, wash sure, over sure. me? Okay, yeah. go. Here's a long that one. milk is bad. I shouldn't pick up the bottle of milk with my right hand, and I shouldn't take the top off with my left hand, put it in my pocket, my left pocket. That's a long one. So she said. Uh, do, do you, uh, and give me a way of the future. You got a way of the future there? It's hot there in the desert, but it's clean. Clean. Way the future. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite too. It's the best. It's the best. <clears throat> we got to make sure that's in show notes. Dan, every day someone is born who hasn't seen the Flintstones. We have to. We have to remind people uh, of these important materials. Dan, Dan, I, I, I'm still seeing people on the internet telling us, "Thank you, thank you for telling me about the Aviator." Oh yeah, thank it's a great film. Me. Glenn Gary. Glenn oh, Ross. I see that one too. The people are like oh, I never watched her. I only watched the Alec Baldwin scene, and and now they're watching the whole thing, you know. And it's it's a it's it's really awesome that that people are, you know, are, are, are they're, they're, they're waking up around. to it. And I'm here now, on a mission of mercy. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready for anything you throw at me today. The good news is you're fired. Oh, you want that one? You don't have that. I do. Well, I have part of it. You're fired. <laughs> I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. <laughs> you want to work here? Close. The leads are weak. Oh, I need that one. You're weak. The problem is there's <laughs> rain happening in that whole scene. So yeah. a lot of them, as much as I tried uh, to, to clean them up, they just, they, they just didn't sound... <clears throat> they didn't sound good. <clears throat> <clears throat> That milk is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. Um, what I you got? What you, you got a good topic. Yeah, you had a pretty good topic. Man. I got to say, Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question now that you're back from your trip? Can I ask you a quick question? Mm-hmm. Okay. First time aviator. <laughs> if people want to... <laughs> let's, let's just start over. It's let's do much. it and start over. Um, if people want to define... <laughs> Show me all the blueprints. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Serious now. Dan, if people wanted to find show notes uh, for episode 126 of your Back to Work program, where would they go to find that? 5by5.tv slash B as in brothers. 
two is in the number, W as in wet nurse. <laughs> that used to, I used to think that meant something. Who different. doesn't want a wet nurse? Seriously. You know, it's, it's like a fire alarm. It's just nice to know it's there. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't use it every day. But, but when you need it, here's you the thing, Dan. Use it every day. Here's the thing, Dan. There's going to be moisture, all right? And that's going to be a lactic problem. Now, you can go, and if you want to get a job somewhere, you're going to want some kind of a, 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 moisture, a, a, moisture, a moisture opportunity in your homal area. Now, here's the thing. Um, I, um, uh, we do have a topic. We do, uh, let me finish the rest of this quick follow-up. Speaking, right. of, uh, speaking of Matt Fraction, his, uh, his new comic, uh, Satellite Sam, his new series came out today. And it's a, uh, it's a corker. Um, it's, uh, I, you know, it, I, I can explain it a little bit, but it's, it's really just a joy to read. It's about basically it's in the 50s, and it's, <laughs> what is it he says? Like, uh, it's like, you know, TV, TV death and sex or something like that. Um, you can get on the Comixology. You can get it at your local uh, Satellite Sam um, by Matt Fraction and I want to say Howard Chicken. Is that a thing? Chicken. Ch- chicken. <laughs> Howard. Howard Chicken? Hi. Hi. Can I ask Howard you a question? Howard Chicken. Have you ever had a Howard Chicken? Hi. <laughs> Before you answer, I know you probably had a Howard Goose. <laughs> Hi. Have you ever been to a baseball game and wished you could have a sushi roll made out of chicken? Uh-huh. Hi. Eighty-seven fifty. Eighty. I, you know, Dan. I'm trying to remember a time when eighty-seven fifty would cover anything that I that I did for a week. When I was a busboy, I would make twenty dollars a night. The hard way. Yeah, really. <laughs> Clearing plates, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. I haven't heard it called that before, but wet nurse. Yeah. Wet nurse. <laughs> so um, please go check out uh, Satellite Sam. Um. <laughs> It's really good. Also, a quick reminder: um, we're giving folks time to read this. Howard <laughs> <Our> Chicken. <laughs> um, I've never met. Never, <laughs> I've never. I'm not familiar with the Chicken family. But. <clears throat> Howard Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing. Um, we were telling you, uh, uh, Dan, you were, you were away. <clears throat> I hate you so much. All I need to do is be reminded of a tick, and it will be mine. <clears throat> um, uh, when, I, when I did the, uh, the, the, the solo show, I suggested that people go out and get themselves a copy of a, a I believe it's called a book, uh, called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And uh, I think I think I mentioned this to you, but it's a it's a book that looks uh, very appealing to me. I've only read I'm partway into the first chapter, and like a lot of those books, there's a lot of blah 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 blah. blah. But but what the guy's getting at is super. Do you know about this book, Dan? Do you know about this? So good they can't ignore you. It is so no. straight up rally, and not in a good way. No, but it's really uh, it's it's uh, so basically it's this idea that following your passion can be terrible advice, and that the the best thing you can do is to get great at something. And um, I don't know. It just to me like it. it it seems to to go straight toward four or five of the topics of this show and of quit. Uh, and I think it's something that people would enjoy reading. And uh, so I'm not in any hurry to do an episode about that, but people complain if you don't give them enough time. So please go out and get your show notes. You can find that. You can find it at your, uh, at your local bookstore, which is probably now selling baby clothes and greeting cards. But um, uh, yeah, go find a copy. It's so good. They can't ignore you. <clears throat> 87.50, American. That's not even enough to get me out of the sunset. No, I'm going to say, like, what? That's not, a, that's not an hour of many people's time. 
even. Milk sour. Um, so that's a thing you can do. Um, yeah, I had a topic. You want to do, you want to talk, do a little bit of a uh, topic? Yeah, How are we doing on it's your show, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Oh my goodness. Hey, speaking of which I was on a, I was on a podcast this week. What a surprise. Should... You know, it, it's your show too, Dan. You can promote things you do. What do you want to promote? You promote something. No, I'd rather focus on the show and make it great, but no, we can spend some time talking you, about you your other yeah, shows. Let's do that. Push back. <laughs> little knives. One, two, three, four little knives. You're like Tony Stark. You open up the arm of your uh, armor arm. The upper right the, shoulder is the one with upper, all the little... Oh, it's the shoulder armor. Yeah. Huh. I thought he quit drinking. I've got a copy of that. And um, I haven't finished the bottle one. In the comics, he did. Yeah. But... The illustrations in that are, are pretty weird. It, he looks a lot like a chick publication. Remember the Jack Chick? Uh, people would leave it on a urinal, like uh, How to Find Jesus in, in a book. You know what I'm talking about? Those little, those little pamphlets, little tracks that you would find. With desperate-looking people who are, you know, onerous and alcoholics. That's kind of how he's drawn in that. <clears throat> it's a slow burn. But uh, anyway, so if you could pick up a copy of The Aviator, uh, pick up a coffee, copy of uh, your jury check. Um, and, uh, and so I was on this podcast. It's in, it's in show notes with my friend Chris. And uh, it's got, it's got a, a, his site has kind of a funny name. But it, you were on the show. And Dan Benjamin, gosh darn you, you were on the show. You were on the uh, Show Me Your Mic program. Uh, yeah, I think program. I was on. Sure, mm-hmm. with Chris. Chris ends. Did you know? Did you know? Turns out that everybody in Canada has a podcast. Most of them. Yeah, if yeah. they can get the electricity out, uh, then they'll do it. Yeah, it's called poutine, and and, uh, and in fact, p- poutine. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how, hi, how 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 chicken? <laughs> how <are> chicken? <laughs> that's a, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. It's funny to me. Hi, hi. I believe you. You've met my friend, the uh, the artist Howard Chicken. <laughs> I, I don't. I have never met Mister Chicken. See, now I can't hear. I, now I can't hear it as anything else. <laughs> I woke up on NPR this morning. They were talking about a, a guy who's a professor, and I think his name's Hardly Shaken. It was very confusing to me. <laughs> how? how, how <laughs> Our chicken. <laughs> what is that? Is that you? That's me. It's I'm so a... odd. Okay. <laughs> it's the morning zoom. It's Gosh, weird. What it. what has happened to the show? Show me your right? mic, Dan. This is in show notes. Uh it's uh it's called uh Show Me Your Mic with Chris Enns, who's Canadian. Uh it it's been predicted by the uh the Pew Research Foundation uh that by 2016 every Canadian will also have a podcast network. So um so check it out. It's good. And, and you've been on this program. Uh, you were on it. Diddly, 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 diddly. Yeah, you won't, put, you won't put my episode of it in the show notes, will you? Oh, my goodness me. What I wanted to do was, I ta- and I talked knives about this, so I little, thought it would be... It would cumulative be, knives. I thought it'd be fun to put, um, you know, to run that episode as a 5x5 five five special. And Chris is usually agreeable to that. Oh, I, I think that's a terrific idea. If, if he's into it, I, I, would, be, I would be honored. Yeah. Uh, that way more uh, listeners, I think, could find out about it and his show. Okay, and we'll we'll ask him. We'll ask him if he would be uh, yeah. open to that. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good program. So the the, the idea is that uh, he talks to people who do podcasts about podcasting on his podcast about podcasters, and but it, but I think it was pretty good. You know, I got off topic as you do, but I think it turned out really well. So there's all of that, and he's a, he's a really nice guy. You know, they're all pretty nice, the Canadians. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't run into one who, who's not at least a little nice. But then I don't really live in San Francisco. No. I had this topic uh, that's that's kind of weird. Um, I was this is this is going to um, probably sound a little bit mockish, but uh, I want to get past the mockish part. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I don't know, maybe like a month or two ago, I, I had, you know, how, you know, how annoying children are. God, and yes. The obligation to have to, you know, do things. They never stop. <laughs> Did you, have you ever given a single moment's thought? <laughs> to my responsibilities. It's a contract. May 1st. Uh, I had this uncommonly uh, great day uh, with my kid. And, you know, I'm a selfish guy in, in the sense that I, uh, I, I like to have good days. I, I'd like to be like one of the classic dads who doesn't care one way or another. But, it, you know, <clears throat> if we find something fun that we really like to do together and, you know, neither of us has a giant blowout, like it's, it can be just so fun. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go somewhere that's not about parenthood, I promise. But it occurred to me how weird it is um, that, you know, she's whatever, five and a half now. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, like, it happened around the same time that I was really, it was really sinking in that she's going to be starting elementary school next year. And you guys have probably been through the same process. They told us at this orientation thing, in kindergarten, they get half half an hour every night of homework. That basically, how? How is that possible? (laughs) Exactly. What is homework to a kindergartner? I I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess more... uh, just booger picking? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, what are they doing in that? That's a, it's a very good question. I, I have to imagine that it is probably us reading to them and mm-hmm. them reading us. A little bit of ciphering, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But what they said was, uh, and, you know, the parents of, of real kids, older kids can say if this is true, but basically add half an hour of homework a night per year. Mm. The first grade, you're up to an hour second grade, 90 minutes, and so forth. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds like just the kind of nightmarish world that we live in now. And I don't know, that was kind of weighing on me, especially after you've had a non-annoying day. You know I'm being silly, right? I yeah, mean, no, I, I know you are. I really, I really like my daughter a lot. We, she's a, well, you're getting, still getting to know her. Yeah, she's still getting to know me. You know, it's, that's how it works, right? I mean, she changes a lot, and it's, it's great. She hit a baseball over my head the other day, and it totally freaked me out. And then, she, then she, uh, she's learning to spit. So she hits, she's five. She hits the ground with the bat. Yeah. She's seen people do that. Oh, she right. She spits. And then I throw her the ball and she hits it over my head and then laughs at me. I mean, you know, I didn't see that coming. My, my, the point is this. This is, you can call this carpe diem. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it any kind of cheesy, you know, Hallmark card idea of life. But it really started to descend on me, this notion of what I'm calling, um, thinking about how many Saturdays you have in life. You know, to me, when you think about uh, the lifespan of, in our case, you know, being, being an American and living into your 70s, you know, you might think in these big chunks. You might think in decades. You might think in years. And my gosh, the years do go by faster every year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem crazy. Do you remember being, I remember being in like third, fourth, fifth grade. And what I would now say feels like a decade, mm-hmm. like feels like, like that felt like a decade to me. One school year from whatever, September to June, right. like when you go to school like a gentleman, uh, that felt like at least five years to me. <laughs> It took, I mean, do you remember, like, it doesn't seem like there were that many last days of school. It seemed like it was like, oh, it was like getting out of college or something. It felt like it took so long. But obviously, as you get older, that goes faster. You start chunking more of your experience. And uh, pretty soon it's Christmas and you're angry. If you, uh, you know, if you have a soul. Uh, but it occurred to me that I only get so many of those. And, and yes, this is mockish. And yes, it did make me a little sad. But I realized that, you know, obviously it's, it's her job to, you know, uh, do her thing growing up and to go to school. And and she's not just going to sit around and like, you know, read Avengers versus X-Men with me every day forever. Hmm. This makes me sad. Um, okay? For some You're reason right? that really, yeah, no, it just, it's, it's a lot. 
when you really, really process it. It's a lot to take in. And so I, I don't know, that phrase went through my head, how many Saturdays do you get? And so I was just dorking around on Wolfram Alpha. And it's funny. Boy, average, you spend so much time over there, it seems. It, well, it's very instructive. Average U.S. lifetime, you get 4,078 um, Saturdays hmm. in the average U.S. lifetime. Doesn't that seem bananas? Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, you can do the math. <clears throat> if you, by the time your kid is six, what, you get like 310, 311, something like that, Saturdays. And it really, it suddenly hit me that most of those are gone. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a topic here, but I think it is kind of a topic for the show. Because sometimes we do unintentionally talk about parent stuff, but I think it goes for anything. Um, I think when you start thinking of it in that, in that kind of slightly weird way, in that same way as saying what, like the amount of time from Zenyatta Mandata till now is the same amount of time since like, what, like Bill Haley and the Comets to Zenyatta Mandata. Like when you do that thing of like 10 years back to this event and then 10 years before that, it, it gets pretty crazy. You start to realize how much time gets compressed. But to me, and I, I didn't do the math on that, um, but, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like when you start actually processing this in terms of how many of these things, like, you know, um, you know, how many, how many nights of having a drink with this one friend are you going to have in the rest of your life? You think to yourself, like probably unlimited numbers, but I'll bet you, you might have five or maybe 10, which is a really weird way to think about it. So on the one hand, it's easy to go to a really dark place with that and say, uh, wow, that's really weird. If I'm lucky and, and don't die too early, I'll get to do this stuff. But, and oh, on the other end, I'm going to go put on my Robin Williams shirt and carpe diem my way into having a better life. But that's not how it works. It, you know, I mean, it, it, the first principles of this are, are something more along the lines of you can't do all of this stuff. And uh, I don't know. I guess I started thinking about that. I started thinking about opportunities. And to be honest, I was, you know, like now I'm thinking about this whole jury duty thing. You know, I was kind of pissing and moaning about that amount of time and missing some of her summertime and all of that. And it's not like I spend every minute of every day with her. Right. But when you don't do it, when I go on a trip mm-hmm. or, or like a few weeks ago, my family went, <clears throat> excuse me, went out of town for a weekend and I descended, I got all Wolverine in like two hours. I don't know what happened. They left the house. What does that mean you got all Wolverine? I was like naked and like, you know, covered in molasses. I I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what day it was. Like when I don't have other people around me, I very quickly descend into into a very feral state, which is, you know, I'm already a little feral to begin with. Mm -hmm. Just you should see this room. I should get this off the desk. But uh, stop it. No, that I wasn't touching. I wasn't touching. Anyway, I don't know if this is really a topic. Um, I'd like to hear about something else you like. But what the the seed that I want to plant is uh, imagine the way I think about it, I might have stolen this from somebody else, but like imagine a big jar of marbles and like every Saturday morning you take out a marble and like at first you wouldn't even notice anything changing. Mm-hmm. But if you were to like, for example, take a photo of that and then come back a month later, you'd notice that you'd lost like an inch of marbles. And by the end of the year, it would go down and down and down until in my case, I might not even be able to, to sort of mentally count how many, how close I was to the end until there was just like a layer of two of marbles in there, in which case I would go, oh, this thing's almost over. And I guess I'm just trying to think about like all the times that we, in, uh, uh, again, germane to this show, all the times we say manana, manana, like, well, you know, I'm, in my case, I, when I talk to people about their, you know, talk to fans or friends uh, about work, I can't say how many people are like, are like Milton and they're just like, if one more thing happens here, I'm going to quit. My plan is that there's going to be, and this goes to your show too, right? Like it's old, an office space uh, reference that you're making. Milton right. with his stapler down in the basement. 
stapler and set the building on fire. But I can't believe how many people will, will, will be at the end of their rope and they're going to talk about starting a business, talk about setting the place on fire. And then I was like, well, do you have a plan for what you want to do to get out of that? Right. So to me, this becomes important is, you know, I guess what I'm saying is that those, a lot of times those folks don't have a plan. And that idea of being out in this really this strange period of like a month to five months, that's such a strange amount of time to think about because it's going to go by so fast. And I can't tell you how many people I know that after a year of being on the brink of quitting their job are in exactly the same place they were as a year before, only now they're heavier and have less hair. And that year just went by. It was not a proactive attempt to improve their life. It was just a sense of like, just barely out of reach all the time is feeling better about my life by not having this job. But very little might be accomplished. You might mentally set this date for when everything has to change here and then let that date go by. And, you know, so maybe it was a bad idea to have that, that threat in your head to begin with. But after you tell me about something, you're like, I, I want to just talk about that. This idea of like how to take this, you know, um, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, in coate, this like giant wad of time that you assume will always be there because you've never been dead yet. And how you can take that and turn that into smaller little bits of time that might make you not only appreciate those little bits of those months and those Saturdays more, but might also give you markers for getting better at deciding what you want to do and knowing how you're doing with it. Does that make sense? It does to me. Yeah. I know this, this isn't like probably like your top of mind topic. No, it, it's something that is very quit. interesting. I mean, it's a very quit idea in a lot of ways. I know. It? I like it. Thanks for promoting the, uh, the other show I do. But when you do that, I mean, when you're talking to people, you usually have extremely specific advice. I mean, I think we see different sides of the coin on this. Like, you know, my thing is, yes, you're emotional right now about this. Yes, you want to quit this job. Yes, you hate your boss. Yes, you're thinking all this stuff. But like, if you break it down into pieces... Like, what's your plan for getting progress on any one of those pieces rather than just having this thing you dangle in front of yourself about, you know, not having to be sad about this anymore? So it seems to me that on that show, you give, don't you think, you give a lot of fairly specific advice about, look, if you really want to do this, go out and get an internship. If you really want to do this, you're going to have to go learn this skill. Can you, can you talk to that issue? Doesn't, isn't that something you advise people? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that, that I think a lot of the people who, who listen to and call that show are are so focused on is you, you wind up with people who are in there. They're all, this is, the, this is what I've identified as being the main point for people is that they're at a point where they're trying to make a decision. And the decision is, should I do this other thing? Or I'm so unhappy in this job or doing this, you know, working at this company or not working at a certain company that they're like, I need to make a change. I need to do something that will be, that will, will send me in a new direction. And I don't know what that is. And, you know, and, and it, then, tends, it tends to get stalled. It, that it, if that's exactly what happens. And then they wind up continuing to just sort of push things back and push things back. And what they're actually doing is they're like digging in. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and, and becoming, uh, and you know, the way that I've looked at it for a long time when I kind of, started to turn a corner with my thinking about the 43 folders esque stuff is that um, it's, I think it's, it's, it's valuable to identify when you're feeling emotional about something because that can be a great springboard to doing something. You know, it can certainly, it can <clears throat> cause a certain kind of fight or flight 
mechanism where you feel like I just got to get out of here. I'm, you know, I'm always mentioning George Costanza. I, I always think about the scene in, in Seinfeld that is actually apparently based on something that Larry David actually did. Which where George is, Costanza storms out of a meeting and decides to quit in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back, he realizes he's made a terrible mistake. And comes back the next day and acts like nothing happened. Right. He acted like it was a big, uh, big joke or something. Like it didn't really well, happen. Larry David had a very brief and extremely unsuccessful career writing for Saturday Night Live. I think maybe one thing he ever wrote made it on the air. And wow. he did that. <laughs> Larry David, back in the day, he's like 66 now. This is a long time ago. But, but one, one day he was like, that's it. I'm out of here. And he like stormed out. You know, uh, I... I I think this might have been during Lorne Michaels's away period. Like this is probably the when the show was weird in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. Point being, he did that, and then he came back the next day and sat down at the writers' table and act like acted like nothing had happened. And what was the response to this in real life? Like, why did, did are other you people, here? Really? What are you doing here? Every single person saw you freak out. Get out of here! Like, what's you know that was that was completely unprofessional, and unacceptable. I think that's kind of how it went. Mm-hmm. But what, what I'm saying here so is he like, was actually he was gone. Like he didn't. He had actually quit in like a, a Costanza like storm. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Alexander has talked about that, that. That when he, if you watch the eighty nine ninety episodes at the beginning, um, you'll see him basically doing Woody Allen. He's mm-hmm. doing a version of Woody Allen, and he said in interviews that everything changed for that character when he realized that George Costanza was basically Larry David and that working with Larry David all the time informed the way he would play that character mm. and the way, you know, that the way that he would have a white thing um, on his lip and, and say, is it cancer? Is it cancer? And the doctor didn't give him a get out of here. Oh, you want to hear it? Get out of here. Get right, out of here. Right. That's all based on Larry David. But anyway, the, the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make poorly is that there's nothing wrong with having that emotion uh, drive you to do something. The problem becomes that emotion can be so overpowering that in the case of your job, I think it's not unusual at all for people to have that emotion be so overwhelming that you get into this all or nothing thinking about things or you stop noticing you're so, now you're so consumed by your own anger or frustration or feeling of not being appreciated. I think, I think that one gets shorter shrift than it deserves. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people walk around feeling unappreciated in a way that expresses itself as anger, disappointment, eating, Mm -hmm. overeating. (laughs) But, um, and then, so the, the, the point here is that then after a year, what's changed? Like, what, okay, so what's your plan? <laughs> as, my do- as my daughter likes to say, that's your plan? Really? <laughs> uh, she says that when Iron Man does stuff. But that's the case here to me. And that's why, in, in my case, that might mean, oh, you know, we want to go to Disneyland. But we haven't gone to Disneyland. Now, does that mean we should run out and go to Disneyland? No. But it, it, it could also mean, like, but all the years that I'm, or months that I'm thinking about going to Disneyland, why am I not doing something else in the interim? If I, it, I keep thinking I need to plan out this giant thing, when why don't I plan out a lot of smaller things? Like, why wouldn't I have, like, a, uh, I've kind of done this in the past, but have a list of little things we could do that I update depending on her age and interests. And I, I don't know. For me, I'm trying to get away from this idea of turning this into this morose thing about death and trying, it, trying to turn it more into this thing about being mindful and alive in the moment. Mm-hmm. If you're mindful and alive in the moment, you're going to make better decisions at work. You're going to make better decisions about life. If you're mindful and alive in the moment for a year, you will be somewhere else in a year because you, maybe you've finally felt empowered. But maybe you have also gotten better at disassembling what that emotion really means and then in a very getting things done like way, abstracting that into a series of steps to get you where you'd like to go. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about something you like? Well, I can tell you about something, sure. I mean, why not? I, I, yeah, I, you know, actually, before we leave, there's a couple things. Uh, I'd like to hear about a couple things that you like. Okay. 
But do, let me hang, hang on a second. Do these need to be in any uh, <laughs> I need to. Okay. All right. Well, tell them the third. The, you've fourth. actually met people who work with me, though. Hang on just one second. Okay. Third, fourth, or fifth floor is fine. Sixth floor is unacceptable. Seventh floor is a uh, backup. No, backup number three. Okay. Away from the elevator, no feathers. <clears throat> <laughs> Grace. Grace. <sighs> Sorry, that's my uh, lemon. Yeah. Let me, yeah, let me know when you're done. <clears throat> oh, hey, I, I, damn, are we talking about something you like? Yeah, sure, Marilyn. Let me tell you about a little Kickstarter-funded project known as the Transporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know about this? Have you used is that? Are you so excited because you've used it? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to be more rappy in my right. day. So here's here's a technical this term. This thing's so cool. It's cool. It is It is in in, in Syracuse speak, in, in double plus good language. <laughs> it is an off-cloud peer-to-peer storage drive. For privately sharing and accessing and protecting your files. Okay, so what this is, it's a little, let's call it a cone. Because it is like a cone. And it has some lights on it. And it has an Ethernet jack on it. And all you have to do, there's a little hard, little SSD drive inside of it. And what you do is you plug this thing into your Ethernet port. And you can start sharing files. You can collaborate with your friends. You can back up files. And it'll share all of this with other transporters that are located anywhere else in the world. So let me give you uh, let me give you a simple scenario that will appeal to a lot of geeks. A lot of people believe that you should have offsite storage, right? And so they'll look at uh, they'll look at you know like the backup companies online, and they'll say, "Well, these look really good." But what if you're John Syracuse and you do not trust any other start, and you want to control everything? You get two of these. You put one at your mom's house. Maybe maybe John trusts his parents. Maybe. And you put one and you just, you, you take it over there and you say, mom, I'm plugging this into the back of your cable modem. <laughs> what is it? Don't worry about what it is. <laughs> it's keeping me safe. It's preserving my data. If you don't like it, you can go live with oh, your father. Oh, you want me to do it? You want me to do it? If you don't like it, you can go live with your father. <laughs> you got to get father right. Father. Chicken. It's several you, syllables. It, it takes like four minutes. I, I plugged this thing in and it was working. And and what's great about it also is that you can you can ramp up through these. I, I cut you off, didn't I? I'm no, sorry. Keep going. This well, is what, so they, what I love about it because first I plugged it in and it mounted and it was there. Yeah. Right. You run this software and a la Dropbox, it creates this folder that uh, in this case goes directly to. I think it might be a symbolic link, but it goes straight to uh, your device. Right. So, but there, it's not. It, you can put files there, and it's not like you got to sit there and wait. Oh, it's over the network, so it's going to be slow to copy. It's just. It's an instantaneous thing, and. If you have other ones that are set up for this kind of sharing, it'll automatically put the files that you've put there onto these other devices if you want. And what's cool also is there's a web interface for it so that mm-hmm. you can go to the website and other people can now access the files that you have on your personal transporter with accounts and, and passwords and things that you've given them. So in very much, you know, people make the Dropbox comparison. It's like your own Dropbox that you control and that you physically control. That's and right. it's on your network and it's very, very cool. And uh, they even made a special URL for us. They do the T instead of the two. And I know this is jarring to some people, <laughs> but we do what we can. Filetransporter.com slash B is in brothers, T is in toucan, W is in wet nurse. <laughs> it's all lowercase. And there's a code BTW, same code. This will get you 10% off 
these transporters. And uh, the, the connected data app is in the app store, which should make you feel secure that it's, you know, legit and, uh, you know, not some strange thing. It's, it's right through the app store where you want to get all your apps anyway. No fees ever no because you own fees this stuff. Ever. You, own, you it. own it. And it grows, all I want to say, Dan, is it grows with you. This also, this could start out as simple as being a place where you put all your work files. And then it, that becomes something where you can get to that from home. But it, it, there's so much to this. Uh, don't feel intimidated by the need to have to go buy five of these. You might want to do that. But it starts out with being as simple as having this amazing personal version of your uh, of the cloud. But mm-hmm. but but you have your hands around the entire thing. Yep. It's 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 it, filetransporter.com slash btw. Right. Also the code all lowercase btw for ten percent off your yeah, transporter. That's a lot of percent. Mm-hmm. Adds up. Adds up fast. No fees ever. So our thanks to uh, transporter. Uh, at filetransporter.com for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work. I don't, have, I don't have a lot on this. I just thought this was worth, worth thinking about because I, I, I feel like I talk to uh, people a lot because I talk to people a lot and sometimes it helps to have somebody from the outside, uh, in my case, like disassembling. Um, I, I've used this phrase before, but sometimes when you've got a problem or you've got something and you don't know how to deal with it, it just feels like a big, like a, a big knotted ball of string, like a big chewing gum ball of problems. And there's no way that you'll ever be able to break that down into smaller pieces. Why you would have a large ball of chewing gum is a separate issue. But I think what that's what big, happens. Big, like a big league chew. Like a big league chew? You ever, you ever chewed, chewed a big league? I've chewed a big league with my pal Howard Chicken. <laughs> I, um, and uh, so I don't good. know. So, I mean, there's a lot to this that, that, that is a retread of old back-to-work stuff. Yes, you know, um, think, think more, if you like, proactively or, you know, transitively uh, about the changes that you'd like to make. But also, I feel like I, I'm, I'm saying this to myself, is, is to also be mindful and careful about the amount of time that you allow to go by without making a decision about something. And yes, on some level, without appreciating things. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe this season of Mad Men is over. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that's already right. over. Like, I don't, I don't track that stuff very carefully. That's, that's a trivial example, but, you know, that's gone. You see this on Twitter when some obscure celebrity dies and everybody busts a gut. It's like, wow, you really didn't talk that much about Don Knotts before, but now you're all sad? Like, okay. It would have been kind of cooler if you'd introduced people to Don Knotts when he was still alive, mm. but now, like, he's your favorite precious childhood memory. That, to me, is a terrific example of this, I'm sorry to say, which is, like, that person's whole life went by. You forgot about everything they did after uh, Mr. Limpet, and now, you know, now what? Well, now they're dead and you're busting a gut. Like, how do you appreciate the stuff you got while it's there, you know? Um, I've been watching that Band of Brothers. And there's this quote that John Roderick throws out all the time. And I don't know if this is accurate, but he says something along the lines of half of the living World War veterans die every day. Like, they're dying fast. In the case of this story, the, um, what's the guy's name? Wait, wait a minute. It works. You got to think about it. I don't know if that's true. If you, if I gave you, if I said you could either have a million bucks or a million boxes with a, Penny in each. If one, I gave you a pound of feathers doubles and a every, pound a penny of every day, it doubles. You put the you put the veterans on a train that is heading west. Veteran you never like that, put, you don't need all at once. You do not put a veteran on a train heading east. They should have learned uh, the siege at Stalingrad. Same mistake Napoleon made. See also Howard Chicken <laughs> and uh, what's his name Ed, Edmund Tufty. Is he the guy who did uh, what the Origin of Species? What's that guy's name? I think it's James Burke. Anyway, um, you're thinking of the beautiful data guy. Oh, the beautiful data guy. Huh. Is that the guy with the yarn and the, and the newspaper clippings? No, that's a beautiful mind. You're thinking of the guy that has the uh, Galileo, uh, thing. 
I think there there might be a functional component to and there might be a functional component to this. And I think we probably we probably said enough about it. I just I just want to uh, for myself uh, get better at thinking about this stuff, and I want you guys to get better at thinking about how much time is allowed to go by while you might be trapped in some emotional state. The emotional state here for me it started out as like, oh man, I you know th- what this kid does in growing up is so out of my control, um, and you know more and more of the outside world will influence the person that she becomes and less and less of, you know, me and, and, and my wife will have that direct influence. Does that scare you? Yeah. It terrifies yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, because on the one hand, you know, there's this funny stage, you know, when, when your kid's really little and you don't sleep, your life is consumed by taking care of that, uh, that thing. And then it becomes less so and then less so. And then finally they start talking and stuff. They learn how to poop on their own. And, I don't know. It's, I've told you this story before, but I remember thinking, I'm sorry to talk about parents stuff, but um, I remember thinking that, that I always hear about like, oh, you know, there's, you know, first you have to learn how to roll over and then the kid learns how to sit up and you learn to crawl and eventually, you know, you got to walk before you run and all that stuff. I honestly thought in my head that it would be like five months of the child being able to sit up and sit very still while playing with a quiet toy. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that. <laughs> I don't know either. From movies. But I thought there's going to be an adorable little baby that says nothing louder than coo while playing with something very soft. It doesn't make points. <laughs> and in my case, it, my, you know, I'm not, my daughter's no different than any other kid. She went from like barely moving to tearing ass with like clanging things in about two weeks. And I was like, what happened? I, I missed my window here. Like I was supposed to have a time where I could uh, take a nap like a gentleman. It doesn't happen. It just went by. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's certainly a part of this where I'm saying to myself, carpe diem, I think that's kind of lame. But isn't there an aspect of excitement for you knowing that this being that you created is, uh, you know, with the skills that you've given them, making their own way in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's for me, that, that... I I don't find myself, and I, maybe this is because I, you know, as you say, I have no soul or whatever, because uh, I don't like the music you like, but um, <laughs> or whatever. But uh, you know that there, there for me, there's more. Like I'm really looking forward to when my kids are, and and everybody's like, oh, you won't. You'll look back on this, and you and you know, I'm sure that I'll look back on this and think, wow, that that time is gone. Of course. But I also am thrilled by the prospect that like I'm helping form a person. And if I do a good job, then they'll be able to go out into the world and not need me. Right. And I I mean, I'm not saying like I want it to happen today, but when that kid turns 18 or whatever age that, you know, that they go and, and like when they say, hey, I just got this thing that, you know, I got a promotion or I started this thing or I met this person or I'm taking this trip. And these are things that make them happy that I'll know that hopefully the, the way that I raised them influenced their ability to make decisions on their own and do things on their own and be their own person in the world without my help. And that at some point I'll transition from being like their, uh, they're, they're, guide, like, they're, they're like juvenile jailer. Right. To like a person that they can go to to share their experiences and we can talk like the way you and I, you know, talk about things. Like, what do you think about this or what, right. you know, and, and as much as I look at them now and I think, wow, it's great. I don't, like, I, at least I try to not try to preserve or feel bad about 
the changes that they go through as they morph into these through these different stages. But it does happen fast. It happens. I think that, that, that's, really a, that's fast. a really sane way to look at it, especially if you have a lot of confidence about how you've done. Well, I don't it, though. Well, no, no. I, I just I, that's my problem. Is I, I I have a lack of confidence. A like very unfather like lack of confidence where I think my kid's actually empirically kind of cool and she's empirically pretty nice. And, uh, you know, she's by and large empirically, you know, okay, smart, but you know, it's think about your relationship with your parents. I mean, like, are, are, are you as tight with your parents as, as you, uh, as you hope your kid would be with you? I don't think that's how it works out most of the time, but that's our job. Our job is to let that go by. Um, and yes, there's certainly an aspect of this that is very sentimental. Um, you know, um, I guess, I guess one thing I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, get this straight in my head, but, um, you know, I've said that thing in the past about, you know, how every minute costs the same in life. I I think the thing that can be a little bit surprising and sobering at a higher level is that every day is exactly the same amount of time. You don't have any excuse really for we as people who who all suffer from this. I'm not trying to say you, like all of us, uh, suffer from the same problem of chunking things into a year, chunking things into 10 years, chunking chunking things into this five-year plan that you never do anything about. And the thing is, each one of those decades is made up of years, which is made up of months, which is made up of weeks and then days. And that, that sun goes up and down every day, whether you like it or not. The, the, you know, the, the rotation of the, of the earth around the sun is not really super interested in, in what your plan is or when you plan to go to Disney World. And so I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, whatever it is that you're doing, yeah, sure, carpe diem, care a lot, blah de blah hug your kids, sure. Um, that, that, that's the easy and obvious stuff. But, you know, the thing that I really suffer from in this case is not remembering that each of those days goes, go by. And I mean that in a really, not just in a sentimental way, but in a very steely-eyed way. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. So on the podcast with, with Chris, I was thinking about when our show started, which mm-hmm. was January of 2011. And I did that thing. I used to, I started doing this thing in the last few years because I'm old where I drop a decade. Have you done that yet? Where you try to calculate something and you go, oh, I forgot, I forgot the nineties. Right. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That was, okay. So that was 33 years ago, not 23 years ago. Well, that feels good. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you do that. I, I do that a lot. Um, because I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm trying to make this into a work thing. Cause I think there is a big work component to this. Um, to raising kids. Well, to, to being aware that that time's going to go by whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to have a five-year plan, um, but, but I am saying that, you know, and maybe, maybe your career is a little bit like a kid where you're going to do what you can about it and then kind of let it go uh, and do the best you can with it. I mean, actually, the thing is you, you kind of do have a lot more control. It's always going to be a toddler in some ways. Your career is always going to need that help. It's always going to need its nappy change and its wet nurse updated. You, you know, you're going to have to do that stuff all along. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, then there's certainly aspects of your life where you go, "I hope I did okay with that." Now that thing's gone off in its own direction. I mean, when, when you when you um, you know, you ever had that feeling like when you finish a project? I remember having this very distinct feeling when I would finish a paper in college, and I'd have to walk across campus over this bridge. I remember walking by the, the, the very distinct sweet smell of Confederate jasmine, walking past the library, walking past the fountain. Very specific recollection of walking into E-Building on, on, the, uh, on the west side of our campus and putting my paper, you know, mm-hmm. in the slot. And I would be, for just a moment, I would be so proud of that because I'm like, I'm done. I've, I've, been, uh, I've been horking down ephedrine for three days. Mm. Now I can finally unwind. Things are almost over. I'll relax and I'll have this this summer. And then by the time I walked past the Confederate Jasmine again, I was a little depressed. 
because it was like I'd let go of this little piece of myself. I put all this work into that, and it was just some dumb paper I did for college. It took all that time. But isn't that silly? Like something as dumb as a paper about Rene Descartes goes into a slot, and suddenly I'm thinking about my life. I don't know. I think that kind of thing happens, you know, and you might feel like regret about the things that you've done or not done in your life. Um, you might feel regret about like whether you handled this situation well. Like this morning, my, my, my kid was, she, we're trying, I'm trying to get, get her into this thing of like, please don't yell from another room. If there's something that you'd like to say that doesn't like require, require us to be like in the room to see the thing. Like if you made a thing, we'll come. But like, can you just walk in here and not yell? Mm, they can't. Cause then we have they to, have yell, to at- yell from the other room. And pretty soon we're the yelly house. We're, we're like somebody like, and then you're, and then you're yelling at them. Stop yelling from me. I yelled this morning. I, I, you know, I was out kind of late last night doing a, doing a thing. And uh, this morning daddy needed to sleep a little bit. And I actually said, could you please stop yelling? And of course I had to yell it because she was saying thing really loud, thing really loud, thing really loud, like over and over. I think my wife was in the shower. That's a great time for kids to yell. Mm -hmm. That's when they start. Because, you know, you really want to bolt out of whatever you're doing in the bathroom with the door closed. You definitely are really excited about going to wherever someone is yelling. Right. Um, so I don't know. I didn't like how I handled that. And I felt I felt like kind of a, a crap heel right after I, I did it. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to scar her for life. But in, in that same way, it's like maybe I don't have to go to Disneyland in order to make her happy or to make me feel like I've been a good father. Maybe, maybe there's something small that I can do. Uh, sat down on the floor and played Uno yesterday. Um, and I, I was blown away by how, how much better she's gotten in Uno. Hmm. She didn't whine when she lost, not anything, but it really, it was kind of like, it was sort of a, a delightful gut punch because I was like, wow, I should do this more. I should get down on the floor and play what she wants to play mm-hmm. rather than me going like, okay, time to go to the comic store. Cause it was so fun. I let myself disappear into that. And that's like 20 minutes. I'm really glad I was there for, and, uh, and back to work part. I, I just think, I think it's easy for those times to just fly by you. I don't know if this is related, but it feels related. I'm not letting you talk much here, but it seems to, it seem, does seem to have something to do with the quit show, I have to say. Because everybody, I, I can't get away from Milton, you know? That's <laughs> yeah. such a fun movie. Um, and just that character of somebody who's constantly just roiling with entitlement and a little bit of rage until it bursts. And like eventually, remember, <laughs> they stop paying him, but he keeps coming to work. Yeah, he keeps showing up. And still keeps making threats mm-hmm. about, about things. You know, it's like, yeah, I didn't get my check. It's like, well, it's because we're not paying you anymore. But how many of us are like that, you know, in a work context? So what do you, when somebody comes in and they're all mad, yeah. that is a pretty common thing, right? When somebody calls into the show, don't a lot of people call in like pretty mad about I mean, stuff? they're mad. I don't know if it's that they're, I mean, we've definitely had some call in who are mad. I think a lot of them are more, I don't want to say afraid, but they're almost like frozen. Like they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So they're, I don't, that does not, they're not confused. But they're stuck. They're not but sure. They're the stuck. Reason, the reason, they're paused, oh. as you were saying. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're at this point where they, they don't know what to do or they feel like they can't do anything. You know, they don't know what to mm-hmm. do. They feel like they can't do anything. They feel stuck. Because maybe on the one hand, they're in a job that's, that's not a bad job, but it's not what they really want to be doing. So do they stop and quit and leave the job that they're doing in order to try something that's untested, that's unproven, that's essentially unknowable that they think they might like? And then, or will they regret having given up that, you know, that job that they, that they did like to try that thing? You know, they're, that's a typical scenario. You have people who are saying, well, should I finish school? Should I go back to school? 
mm-hmm. while I have a family that I'm the sole supporter of, but I'm totally miserable in my job every day to the point where I just feel like I'm just going to quit. And I think I could start this other thing, but I have no idea if it'll make any money or. But you, uh, but you stay, you stay stuck or paused right. in, in, in that. And, and they just stay there and they're, they're, they're very stuck in there. <clears throat> I had a call with somebody the other day. Um, and some, so that's why some of this stuff is on my mind. And uh, I'll just say that the person I was talking to had had some really like empirically awful stuff happen at work. It was really, really, really like something happened that like should be prosecuted. And, um, and this person was trying to decide what to do about it, whether, whether this person should quit on principle, Mm -hmm. uh, whether this person should go and start something on their own. And the the best advice that I, I could give, um, which is probably not good advice was to try and untangle all of this. And I'm, I'm trying to make this partly to the quit point is that, you know, if you if you took all of the things that you're thinking about doing as a big wad and broke them into pieces, would you do each of those as its own thing? Like, so for example, you say, well, maybe I'll, and this is not uncommon at all. I, you tell me, I think this is not uncommon. I'm, I don't love my job right now. I'm thinking about quitting it. Right. What I'm thinking of doing is quitting and starting my own business. What I'm thinking of is quitting and, uh, and starting my own business with a friend of mine that I've been friends with from another company, what if we quit together and started our own kind of shop together? Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking about basically going into the starting from zero position with no um, financial, you know, it's like when you start a restaurant, they say you should have planned to lose money for six months. Like, you know, I'm going to go start this business even though I've never worked on my own and don't have any money saved up to do that. Well, I don't think, do you tell me, I don't think it's unusual for that to be a pretty typical scenario for a lot of people. Those things mixed together. I don't love my job. I, I think I should quit. Mm-hmm. And if I quit, I want to start my own thing. I'm trying to think about who I would work for and so on and so forth. Isn't that kind of, is that a straw man? Isn't that kind of common? Yeah, it's very common. But why is it, wait, why is it a straw man? I don't know if it's a straw man, but I think if you break each one of those down, you get a very different answer. You do. Now, well, number one, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with my job. Well, why are you not happy with your job? Right. Like, start there. there. Well, is there anything you could do to make that job better? Right. Have, before you, have you, you told your you, boss that you were unhappy? Have you seen if there are other things that you can do? Are other people all unhappy? Is this something that's the nature of the company, the nature of the management structure? Is there any way out? And when I ask people this, sometimes they get surprising answers. And the answers are usually like, oh, I've talked to them 10 times about it, and I've done this and I've done that. Or it'll be like, hmm, I haven't really tried talking at all. It's, it's you, you know, I think for some people that can be – a good place to start. You know, you remind me a friend of mine when I first started working uh, at, at, at this one aerospace company, he had, I don't know why he had this on his wall in his office because he was a developer. He wasn't an HR or anything, but it was like the four or five steps you can take to like improve your job. And one of them was, I, I think there were three steps and one of them was like, you know, uh, go to your manager and see if there's, something that, that you can do to improve it. Uh, talk with H, the HR department to you know register your complaint and see if there's anything. And the third one was like, consider getting a new job. And jokingly, this is back early in my career, I said, see, I start with the third one. <laughs> and and it's very, it was very true for me back then. It's like, oh, I was unhappy. Like I would tolerate being unhappy at my job for a, eh, a couple weeks and then I'd be out of there. I'm out of here. Yeah, peace. But when, when people are in that position of uh, the I'm not happy with my job, yeah. I, um, 
my inclination is to kind of turbo up three steps and say, well, what happened when you went to your boss and asked for more responsibility on a particular project and you basically asked to take care of more things on this project that would help, obviously help, and that would answer a question rather than pose one. I mean, like I'm being, I'm being a jerk because I'm assuming a lot of things. <clears throat> I'm assuming that you have not merely sat there <clears throat> and waited for someone to, to be your, your dad. I assume that you didn't just stew. I assume that you went there uh, like a responsible person or a, an active person and said, look, I, I'd love to try and do more here. Uh, but more, more specifically, like here's something I'd like to do. It's not going to cost you anything. Um, you don't have to pay me more. It's not going to hurt the job that I'm doing. But go to them and show some initiative. Like if you, if you hate your job, like why don't you go and see if there's any hope for that? Okay, well, maybe there's no hope for that. Okay, in that case, why have you been there for five years? Mm-hmm. If there is no path to you doing something more interesting, then why are you there? That doesn't make any sense. Why well, have to be here? Okay, well, then be okay with that. Like, be okay with that. But see, that's one. See, right there, that's, that's wow. I, I sit around and console myself like with this Nietzsche-esque idea of, of, of quitting. Well, but you haven't, and you haven't made it better. So let's move on to the next one. Well, I'm not happy with my job. So, so I'm thinking about quitting. Well, like if you were happy with your job, would you think about quitting? If you had other things lined up, how would you quit? Get specific and get tactical. That's not the same thing. Because quitting your job can be, you can quit your job in a lot of different ways. I mean, now let's go to the next one. Like, do you want to go uh, start off this thing on your own? Well, what is to stop you from trying to find an anchor tenant while you've got that current job? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, on the sly. But like, what, what do you have in your experience to show you that you would be anything but a total failure at that? Um, and I'm not trying to like talk somebody out of it, but I am saying don't console yourself too much with that brass ring because it's not really there. You know, if you can't find the initiative to make the job you have better, like stay with that until it is untenable, but also then be able to go in from a position of strength, a position of strength to say, hey, you know what? This is, this is, I'm, I've enjoyed our relationship. It's been a good place and I'm going to leave here like a gentleman. That's a, that's a position of strength. Another position of strength is yes, you know, you can quit if you, if you, if you can't improve it. But then you need to also have a position of strength if your idea is to go off and, and be somebody that's going to be in some entrepreneur magazine. Like what about your past has told you that you're going to be great at that? Well, maybe not a lot. So spend some of those hours and days over the next six months, the next three months, saying what are some short-term goals that I could have to improve this? Right. Do I want to be a little bit of a cheese ball, like I would suggest, and try to find some new some, some client work? Do I, I, do I want to offer to do things for people? Back to this old idea of like, rather than sitting around and asking, wondering why people aren't doing things for you, like, why aren't you asking to do things for others? Why aren't you asking somebody what project they want to finish? Why don't you get in front of it instead of, instead of waiting for that stuff to happen? And why am I saying three months or, 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 or whatever? Um, because I think having, and I hate that word goal, but if having some kind of an idea, your little unit test about what the outcome needs to be in three months does a couple of things. First of all, it's specific. It says that in this amount of time, this following thing needs to happen. Second, it means it, when that amount of time is done, I will be at this point where I either need to make that decision or I need to pose a new problem. But in any case, I'm not going to let three months go by with everything being exactly the same. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's just not going to happen. But Third, I think it makes you more aware of how clueful you were about both your goal and your time frame. Is it time for you to really rethink how realistic your ideas are about how and when things can change? Because otherwise, I don't know how you get better at it without doing that over and over. And so finally, that fourth one. Let's say you have this idea of like going to live in a treehouse with your friends. Well, have you ever done business with zero capital with somebody that you kind of know but have never worked with? There's a lot to that. 
Anyway, I, I don't mean to carry on about this, but to me, all of these things have a, a practical, muscular, transitive, starting today component to them. Now, I don't know if this ties back to the kid stuff. For, mm-hmm. for me, maybe that means get down on the floor a little bit more often and do what she wants to do. And maybe, you know, if that makes her a better person, maybe it'll probably make me, be, me a better person. It, it'll make me more aware of that. It'll make me more aware of the times in my 24 hours I have today when I want to stop what I'm doing and, and go do this thing that I claim to care about. But I don't know. Uh, I'm going on here. But I, I think it very much is the kind of, it seems like the kind of advice that you give to a lot of people you know, when somebody, when somebody calls into that show and they're not sure what to do or they feel stuck, you know, it seems to me that you give very, uh, sometimes arguably probably too specific, but you'll give a very specific piece of advice. You want something to do? Here's the thing to do. Well, yes, you have your reasons. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, what is the thing you're going to do? Uh, right? You can't. I mean, it's like Zeno's paradox, right? <laughs> Something's going to have to take the place of this other thing. And that constellation is not going to keep you happy five years from now, when you look back five years from now about some change that you made, is that going to seem like a great thing that you did? Is that something you're going to be a weird decision that you're proud of? How likely is sitting there and waiting for your free drink coupon going to make life better than transitively going and asking? Now, if you go and ask your boss for more work for the same amount of money, the answer to that can be very telling. But I'm just saying, you know, start, start with where you are right now. Right, you, you you can't finish the big project until you get a little bit of the project done, and those days go by. That's all I wanted to say. I mean, it, it's a lot of this is kind of a the way I think. Just hearing you talk about it, the connection between the kid thing and the work thing is what you just said. Is that is that days going by? Is it seeing that's time passing? And it's there's really not that much you can do about it. There is, there is, in fact, precisely zero that you can do about it. Well, there is, there is some things that you can do to change your. This is going to sound weird, but to change your perception of time. Oh, have yeah, you I'm ever? Sorry, no- yes, hundred percent. I just meant you can't change the clock. Oh, yeah, all. you certainly can't do that. I mean, but if and that's something that that as as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, like there are some things that Cash used to want me to to do certain toys or games that he would want me to play. And like you'd play them and play them and you'd look at the, it's not like you're not having fun with your kid, but you look at the clock and like, how did only seven minutes pass? I've been here all day long, you know, like I just don't like this one game that he thinks is so much fun and you know, it's, it's boring or whatever. And then you'll like, you'll be outside with them. You'll be running around in the park. You'll be like, how were we here for two hours? You know how, man, we're going to be late for dinner. Right. And, and it's, it's that perception. I'm just using being with your kid as an example. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you know, the same thing happens, I think for people in, in, we've talked about that, you know, the creativity zone of getting in, in, in that groove where whether you're writing or doing development or doing design or, or, or right. It just any, any of those things where you get into that focused zone where you look up and you're like, Oh my, how did like six hours just pass? I didn't even notice <laughs> right. it, you know, or it, it, I think it can happen with something like reading as well, where, where you, you get really into a story and you're like, how's it 1am? You know, I started reading at 1030, but I think and that you happens. didn't feel, you didn't feel the weight of days, right? You, you didn't, you didn't feel like this, oh gosh, it just keeps going by. I mean, you, like you say, with that chick sent me high kind of flow state thing, yeah. you disappear into it and you stop noticing stuff like that. You become so not simply engrossed in it, but you you know, the idea of friction either goes away or becomes something that you're handling so deftly that, right. that you don't notice that time going by. Um, 
I got another thing to, to say here, but um, and I, I, I have, a, I have a, a Buddhist text that I can put into. Okay, well, before we do that, <laughs> would you please? Yes. In as much as you are comfortable, Dan. Yeah. Would you tell me about something you like? And I got a lot to say about this, so I'll try to keep it short. But I, we have a new sponsor. We have a new sponsor that I'm really excited. You about. are so excited. You know, I I feel weird doing this one, but I, because this is all about okay, you. Get but, it if you want. Uh, no, I mean I'll say, I'll get it. Uh, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you about jazz. Drafts is an is an app from a company named Agile Tortoise. There's a tortoise walking toward you, Leon. Draft is where your text thanks to Agile Tortoise. <laughs> Draft is where your text starts on your iPhone or your iPad because it's it's one of those apps that is it's there for both. Dan, this is the iOS app that I can't shut up about. You can't stop talking about this. It's designed, this is what it, it lets you capture. I'm, I'm doing you, a gesture right one. now. The reason I'm telling you is, the, the this audience is your app. Know, this is that one app I'm always talking about. And at, Capturing yeah. notes, capturing ideas, status updates, and you can share them with what is, I would say, a limitless array of options. Can I jump in? Yeah, do it. Take it. This is all you. This is where all text starts. Really? On iOS. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's in my uh, it's in my dingus. It's down in my dock. Uh, this thing uh, is it's changed the way I, I use iOS. I, I, I'm I'm really being serious. I love text editors on um, iOS. There's lots that I use. They can be a little bit heavy, a little bit clunky. I like apps that interact with other apps. My gosh, I hope this sticks around for a long time. What this app is able to do with plain text is kind of hair curling. Think of it this way. You go in, you hit this button, and this, this, uh, this little field opens up where you can type whatever you feel like typing. It's great. Now, you can stop right there. You can just use this as a notes app. You can, for example, use, I believe, the Symperium um, syncing service. So this becomes your way of syncing notes. That's great. You could stop right there. But brother, do you ever not want to stop there? Because what the drafts is all about what you do with that text. And what can you do with that text? You could do all the stuff that a lot of these apps can do. Well, there's so many wonderful apps that do this. But you could do stuff like, say, take this chunk of text, and right, you ever hit that little uh, pointy uppy arrow for like send to or whatever, do something with this text? I could, you could send that to the messages app to be able to, to send a text message. You could send that to your mail app to, to send mail and so forth. You can even though, you can go in and create these, they have, they have these pre-existing ones that are in there, but then custom commands. There are things I want to do involving text that's an email thing. There are things I want to do with text that involve, say, Dropbox. There are things I want to do with text involving these custom URL schemes that do things with other apps and so on and so forth. But there's a, there's a uh, tag language for these that lets you build your own things to, let me just jump straight to some of the cool ones. Take the first line of what I wrote and use it as the subject line of an email. Use the rest of that as the body of the email. Click, send it to this person. No, you can literally send it to that person. If you send a lot of email to one person, you could do that. I have it just open it up and, and send it for me. Um, I like to create a certain kind of text file. So take whatever text is in here and create a new text file with the Unix timestamp as, uh, as, as the name of the file. .txt, .md, whatever. You define all of that. It goes into the directory that you choose in whatever format you want. And you know what? In that text file... Maybe I want to, in the template, you can actually go in and say things, explode this text expander shortcut. So if you have some kind of really crazy bananas thing that you use, I use the fenced code. You can just put a little um, braces around it and say, whenever this is run, expand what's in there. Now, I'm going to let your mind wander on that for just a minute. Anything you can do in text expander on iOS, you can do with this app, to my knowledge. Let's go to a couple other ones. Uh, Send this to Fantastical. So I type, record back to work with Dan 
um, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. next Tuesday. Or let's even say every Tuesday. Sure. I mean, let's do it again. Slash P, for example. What does that do? Well, that opens it up in Fantastical, a natural language calendar app that I swear by, and it, it parses all of the stuff in what you just type. So record back to work with Dan at such and such time. It, it blocks out that amount of time. It says, is this, what, is this the time that you meant? Yes, it is. Uh, did you want this every Tuesday? Yes, I wanted it every Tuesday. And uh, the slash P, for example, if you do a slash and then the first character or the, the finding, you know, the differentiating characters of any of your separate calendars, it puts it onto that calendar. So if I say daddy-daughter daddy, time from four to six at home slash F, it puts it on my family calendar. So that's all inside this one app. And you can, I mean, I, I can't even begin to scratch the surface of all you do with, all, all you can do with this. You could uh, post a quote to Tumblr. Uh, you could send, I should just look at my, uh, my iOS app and, and see this. I use this, they've got little tabs so you could have, this is a section of all things I do involving URLs. I want to append this to a file. I want to append this to a monthly journal. I want to prepend this to my comics list. It's all in there. You can even have it do with these callback girls. You could have it do stuff like, say, there's this one totally bananas one. You can send sequential events to do. Mm -hmm. You know about this? You could say, here's, here's a couple things I want to do. And it will create inside the DUE, inside the reminder app, it will create that event and a callback girl to the next thing so that it, you can basically have sequential events. You got a bunch of events you want to send to OmniFocus? Hit this, type them in, line at a time, boom, send it right in there. Why is this great? Well, second, all of the functionality of those templates is completely bananas. In show notes, you will see a list of the actions directory where you can go and get started with some of these. Start out with something as simple as search Google with this. That's great. All of that stuff is great. But also, just remember, it all starts with the same button, this very fast-loading app. You hit one button, you type, you go. In my case, uh, all my toots, I, uh, I, I write in, uh, in drafts. It gives me a character count right there, and then I hit send to TweetBot. Boom, goes to TweetBot. And because of the callback rules, you can even have it do stuff. There's a lot of stuff it'll do in the background. The Dropbox stuff, it just goes ding, and it'll go create this, uh, create a pen, prepend, anything you want to do. It, it does it in the background and just goes ding when it's done. Other kinds of things, you can have it go to an app, do something, and then come back to drafts. There's not nearly enough time to go into all this detail. Please just take my... Like everything my has been thought of. Now, an app like this, you don't need all at once. You don't, no, no, no. Don't get overwhelmed by it. Start, start by, look. I would say, get this thing loaded up and look at it and then scratch your head about why it's so great because you're going to look at it and go, okay, there's a text area and a keyboard. Thanks, Merlin. <laughs> this is hard to find. Yeah. But then go and, uh, and hit that little dingus and see what kind of commands are already in there. Send this to uh, my mail app. Send this to calendar and so forth. And then... If you're into it, you're going to see that there is not, there's there there is no shortage of people who will tell you great stuff you can do with with, with this stuff with this with this app. Um, so I would say start with that, check it out, go go uh, go buy it. It's very inexpensive. You get it on your iPhone for a dollar ninety nine. You get it on iPad for two ninety nine. That's going to be the best whatever that adds up to you've ever spent. Um, and it's it's it obviously I, I use it in conjunction with things like um, NV Alt on my desktop. I you know have it. I, I can send to stuff in any Dropbox folder I want. Do you get this? You're not just saying one slash foo slash directory. You send this stuff wherever you predefine all of that. And so all of your workflow, if you just think it through a little bit, this can fit so much of your work. I'm sorry to be a spaz about this. I just love this app so much, and I'm thrilled. 
um, that uh, that they're sponsoring the show. So uh, go check it out. You can see it on the App Store. Please also definitely look at the show notes for this episode. I put a whole bunch of stuff in there. The latest thing in this latest minor revision they put out is the ability to have line references. So you can, in your template, you could say, the first line of this is the text of a quote. The second line of this is the URL for what that quote goes to. And the third line of this is the title of that link. Send this to Tumblr or whatever. Think about the power of that. Like, you don't have to sit there and fill out fields. You can have it all do it for you. You could have it auto-generate stuff involving text expander. I'm overwhelming you now. Please just trust me on this. Go check out drafts from Agile Tortoise. And, uh, AgileTortoise.com slash drafts. And it's very, <clears throat> as you mentioned, very, very expensive. Yeah, I mean, that's, can, can you imagine, I mean, the cost of half a comic book and uh, <laughs> another comic book? You, basically, what you're paying here, you're getting an, an all-new X-Men and a Deadpool. No, it's less than that. It's half. A, it's half an X Men yeah. and one Deadpool. It's a buck buck ninety nine for the for the iPhone, two ninety nine for the iPad, and it has the uh, lightning fast sync over there on the iPad. So agiletortoise.com slash drafts, place to go. There'll be a link in the show notes as well. And thank you so very very much for everything. Uh, you actually, I'm on. I think I'm on their uh, homepage, as you say, uh, declaring that it is literally one of the best iOS apps on their, ever. Yeah, on their homepage. As you say. So our thanks very much to Agile Tortoise. <laughs> our thanks to Agile Tortoise for the drafts app and for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work. Did we miss anything? Mm-mm. Mm. Uh, Buddhist text. You look down and you see a tortoise, Leon. <laughs> Tell me in single words. So here's the quote. This is from a... Uh, What's a tortoise? Dar- a turtle? Dharma Same talk. Thing. Same thing. That is called Days Fly Past. Is this Gil Fronstall? No, it is uh, a John Jeff. And uh, here's, I won't read the whole thing, but this is a wonderful PDF I'll put into the show notes. It is a transcription of a talk that he gave on July 28th, 2004. And it's something that he quotes a lot. And I'll just, I'll, how about this? I'll just read you the first paragraph. And people who find this interesting can go and read the whole thing. So here's the quote. This is a quote from the Buddha. Days and nights fly past, fly past. What am I doing right now? The Buddha has you reflect on that every day. The first sentence is for reflecting on how fleeting time is. Our lives are rushing. Where? Rushing toward death, that's for sure. When are we going to come slamming into death? We don't know. So we don't know how much time we have left, which comes to the second part of the reflection. What am I doing right now? You at least know what you have the present moment. What are you going to do with it? For the Buddha, the end, that was always the big question. What are you going to do with what you've got right now? His teaching focuses on doing on action. Everything we know is an action or the result of an action. Even theories are actions. Ideas are actions. Concepts are actions. They're part of a, part of a causal chain. And where are they taking us? So that's the first paragraph. Really good uh, piece here. Right up your that's alley. A, that's, a to, that's a lot. It's to in your think. wheelhouse, Merlin. That's the kind of thing that'll dog me. I'll think about that like for, for mm-hmm. a couple days. You got to read this thing. This is a good one. I'm going to print this. But is it, is it part of the, so uh, the Gil Fransdahl mindfulness meditation stuff? Uh, yes. So what, what uh, Ajahn Jeff or Danisaro Bhikkhu, as he is officially known, practices in the style of the Thai forest tradition of Theravada Buddhism, which is the closest thing you're going to get to what the Buddha actually taught way back in the day. And right. it, it's... Um, this is a guy who lives up in, in a monastery in somewhere up in, in California somewhere. 
and uh, his talks are are my favorite talks out there. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, we should put a link to that stuff in there. Too. David Sparks sent me Sparky a really. D. I, you know, he drove me around in his car. I bet it's fancy. It's it's really. I was expecting like a guy like him. You I don't know, eat all at once. <laughs> a guy like him, you definitely you can't consume in one. Uh, but so they have these different vehicles that Mercedes makes. And I was thinking a guy like him is probably an E class, maybe an S class sedan. And <laughs> that's what he's going to roll. Cause he's, he's a big pimpin'. You know what I mean? He's lawyer, fancy. Oh, he's high fisting. That guy, that guy's serious counselor. Fisting. But and, so he's got and, so it turns up, I'm, then I'm thinking, well, maybe he's more like a common man. He's going to roll a C class, but it turns out he had some kind of, uh, what. Well, I have to. I have to do this. What What was he driving? Was it like a Ford or something, <laughs> like a rental a car, Ford kind Fusion of car? or something, <laughs> whatever way was. And it was unexpected. And I really like. All of a sudden, I felt like he's. This is a real guy. You know, this is not a guy who puts out a big show. He showed up. He had a t shirt on. It was cool. Like rolling with with uh, with him in his car. It was safe. Rolling with Sparks is is a, it would be a nice thing. You know, he's he is really mostly a, a forest creature in a lot of ways. He's very wise. He sent me this link to a Gil Fronstall thing called Reference Points. Mm. June 5th, 2013. Mm. Um, Gil Fronstall makes a lot of smacky noises when he talks. And I, I find know, that a little distracting. I know. But Jean Jeff does not do that. Jean Jeff sounds like a Buddhist Jean- version of Jeffrey Zeldman, if you can imagine that. Hmm. What is the sound of one Zeldman coding? Wow. Let me hold mm. on. You know what? I'm going to, I'll, I'll uh, you know, oh, by the way, before I forget this, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have wrote in asking for that song that I played that you hate so much. And you won't tell them. No, I'm not going to tell them. No, it's a secret sauce. That's your, uh, no, I'm not going to uh, tell them. Spices. Yeah, yeah, totally. What would I Entirely tell them? Different. First of all, I've been playing that music on, uh, the frequency and other shows. Yes. Yeah, for, I mean, for, for a year now, I don't know how long. And they think I'm just, I've never given it out there. They think I'm just going to tell, no. No, that's not how it works. No, it no. really isn't. I had one more thing about it, but uh, we're running really long. No, I don't care what you do. Just one, one more quickie. I mean, if you need any proof of this, um, I, I don't have the link right at hand, but there, there is actually, turns out, there is some um, scholarship to support the idea that we're terrible terrible about knowing how long it will take to do anything. Oh, I know it's I am. the worst. I'm better at it than a lot of people. Like I have, a, like I've said this before, I have a pretty good sense of what time it is most of the time. And I mean, get as much done as I would like, but I do have a pretty good sense of time mm-hmm. and I test myself. I'll look down sometimes and I'll go, Oh, I was off by two minutes. That's pretty good. But if you're wondering how good you are at stuff like that, if you're wondering how many days uh, are going by, try to just try an extremely simple test. Well, here's the easiest thing in the world. Um, for example, I, I just a small version of this. I, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this. I used to, uh, when I was uh, writing for 43 folders, and I felt really somewhat happily overwhelmed by the amount of things that I could write about, the things that I could do, the advertisers I could contact. I would do this really silly thing where I would take an index card and write one task, like, you know, hopefully in a transitive sentence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, email, name a sponsor about sponsorship in January, whatever. Um, proofread article about uh, fancy notebooks, whatever. You know what I'd do? I'd put that index card on my chair when I was done for the day. Um, my filthy, filthy chair. I go away, I come back the next day, I pick up that card. And I either do it or I don't. 
Okay, now if I don't do that thing, what does that tell me? Well, it tells me that maybe something else came up. Maybe it tells me that it's not as important as I thought. Maybe I haven't had enough coffee. But maybe it also tells me that I'm doing a really, really crappy job of being able to give myself transitive tasks to do. That maybe I'm not as good as I think about things. Now, if you think that's too simple for somebody who's as smart as you, try something. Try try this. Uh, try that. Try writing down three things that you want to accomplish in the next month, right? And you can put that in an envelope. You could mail that to yourself, whatever, put it on the calendar, like stick it in the notes field of a, a thing with a reminder mm-hmm. a month from now. Don't look at it though, right? Write down, here's these three things. Look, you're not an idiot. You went to college. You know how to do stuff. But write down these three things that, you, that are so simple to do that you will accomplish in a month. Come back in a month and look at those three items and learn. You're either going to learn that you didn't break those into small enough pieces. You're going to learn you didn't really care. You're going to learn you got too busy. No matter what. Even if you did finish those things, ask yourself if you finished them in the way that you wanted. Look at those items, though, and learn. Because there's, I promise you there is something that you will learn from those 30 days about what you thought you could accomplish. All those sunrises and sunsets, those four or five Saturdays that went by, you're going to learn like what you're capable of, and you're going to learn how good you are at knowing what you're capable of. Mm. And it's just like everybody hates, I mean, am I wrong? Everybody hates estimating time in development. Nobody likes having to work from a deadline. It's the worst, right? For good reasons. But also, and you've managed coders, like nobody likes having to estimate how long it's going to take to make something. It's so multivariate. Like how could you possibly do it? Everybody hates that. And yet, if you have to do it, you get better. If you learn what you can accomplish in that amount of time. I'm just saying one way to make sure the marbles don't fall out of the jar and the Saturdays don't fall off a cliff is to get better about realizing what can be accomplished. And if you get better at estimating how much that takes, if you get better about following up on whether you care that much about it in the first place, um, I think you're going to be, you're going to be better off. You're going to be perhaps in your parlance more mindful. You're going to be more on top of like what you can actually do. He said to himself Mm -hmm. at the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can I play this little audio bite for you? Get an idea of what it sounds like. It's not that one. Good. We're all here because we chose to be here, and we're continuing to choose to stay here. Anyone here is free to get up at any time during the hour. Or you're free to choose to stay through the hour and to stay beyond if you want. No sound noises, no weird smacking. That's that's Jean-Jean? That's Jean-Jeff. Jean-Jeff. He's the best. He is the best. I'll tell you what. You, he sounds you get... extremely handsome, Dan. I bet he sounds like he might have a beard. Nope. No beard, shaved head. He did all of that. He did all of that without a beard. <laughs> he, sure, he sure as hell did. And he doesn't smoke a lot. I I get the impression he did, but I have no idea. He's blessed. I know he's I know a, you don't say that in your practice, no, as you say, no. but he's boy, that guy sounds he's, he's like, a he's cool like chocolate, dude. Chocolate I'll tell you handsome. what you do. You yeah. you 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 get your uh Zafu and your Zabutan. Is that like a magic wand? I know that's a cushion and a magic wand. Listen, some people know exactly what I'm talking about. You sit down, you put this on your headphones, and boy, I'll tell you what, that'll set you up for an amazing, you know, an amazing, as you would say, an amazing sit. It'll calm you the F down. That's for sure. Oh, it will. I push, I push back. I need to sleep. Serious, man. I'm button this up. Show me all the blueprints. Yep, we I love do. you too. I love you. Oh, you know what? I got to play in that music. 
They're killing. They're killing. They're asking for more of it. I'll play a little. You know bit what they're more gonna do, Dan? Dan, they're gonna hold up their 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 sound thing, the sound grabber, the sound sheep. They're gonna get a sample of that, and they're gonna find out what song it is. They'll never find out. Uh-huh. Pretty good stuff. You gotta admit, you like this, right? It's gonna really pick up here in a second. Check it out. I got a lot of that. Woo! Boy, that, that'll really get you jumping. I got like four or five other ones that we use on the on the frequency. I'm questioning a lot of things about my life, Franz Dahl and all. Mm-hmm. I love you too, Merlin. Would, would you like to? You could be here for as long as you like. Hey, be Howard Chicken. Don't do the Howard Chicken. <laughs> I love you. I love you too, Merlin. Man, 